You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Well, welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend 10 to 15 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. I'm Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I'm a strength coach. I'm a goalie coach. And as always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Hello, Jamie Phillips. I'm a student physical therapist. I have a master's of science. I'm a certified strength coach, and I played professional hockey for four years. And I current division one goalie coach. I don't think I've mentioned that one on the pod, although we did get up six goals yesterday against the program. Uh, but those are 17 year old kids who are very, very, very good at hockey. Yeah. It's not your fault. <laughs> my, uh, no, my they, they were, they were better. They were just better than us. And <laughs> I felt bad for a goalie freshman goalie, but he actually played. It sounds, it's like one of those ones where like, you play well, but you give a lot of goals. Yeah, he played well, yeah. but yeah, there's I mean, things to take out of that. They're good. And there's things to take out of that. that are bad. And that's my job to address those. It is. Um, you don't mention that you're a goalie coach. I don't mention enough that I do hockey research. So we should probably, yeah, that is true. We should, because that's important because you're one of the very few people that actually does hockey research, even though hockey Canada is slowly falling apart. Hockey Canada won't exist very soon. Hockey Canada is not going to exist soon. And I don't know. I hope whatever replaces it since the reasons behind the hockey Canada's dissolvement are warranted. Uh Um, hopefully whatever new conglomerate comes in actually encourages research and like really yeah. wants to be like involved and like cutting edge. And I was going to say kind of like how the NFL changed their ways, but then you just had that Tua thing and yeah. then you're like, ah, maybe not. Uh, um, before, I know <laughs> That's a different a topic hot, though. <laughs> I know you have a hot take for us today, Jamie, but before we have our hot take, I, an interesting note for people who are unfamiliar with like how the research, some cool research has been done in hockey. Um, it's often someone who works at an organization and then goes back to school to do research. It's very rarely that someone's doing research and gets industry support. Um, so for all those out there who might be listening, who are like, I think science is cool. I want to learn more about hockey. Uh, be aware that that is often the case. You have to be working somewhere first before you have access to research. A good example of that is like 
who I consider one of the hockey research gods of, of Adam Douglas, who was working with the women's national program when he did a bunch of research with the women's national program. Funny how that works. Um, yeah, you have to be hockey is always an old boys or old girls club. And once you're in, it's a lot easier to do things. It's very, very, very difficult to get in. Or another avenue is play in the NHL and then doors usually open for you that way or play a few games in the American League and you get some doors. <laughs> Jamie, can you open Exhibit doors fast? Jamie, open doors faster. Um, okay. Jamie, you have a hot take today. Let's go. Okay. So this is an unscripted take. Usually we talk a little bit about, you know, what we're going to talk about before or during the week, but this one is, this is uh, off the cuff and I want to get Ben's opinion. So a few weeks ago, we had talked about practice structure and Ben's doing a lot of his research on that. And my hot take is for younger goalies, I guess like the age I would give would probably be like 11, 12. But again, it is a very skill dependent age. Um, so the goalie is better than, you know, than the mean. So if he's on like the right side of the bell curve, it probably doesn't have to to apply to them. Is I think that at least 60 to 75% of a goalie training session should be just skating. The other 40 to 25% should be pucks and simple things just because the skating is such an important foundation for the goalies that if they, in today's goaltending age, if they're not able to be incredibly good goalie skaters, the chances of them being successful goalies are lower than even it was when you and I played. Mm-hmm. And then, and then once I know I, I brought that own I played devil's advocate with myself and I was thinking, okay, well, we also need to develop tracking and mm-hmm. vision. And so getting exposed to a lot of shots is, is the best way to build that. But I had to figure out like, what is that ratio? And I don't think it's 50, 50 at that young age. I think because kids can't really shoot that hard, that it doesn't matter as much, but I don't have any evidence to back this up. So this is straight an opinion thing. And so I'd like to, I'd like to talk about it. Okay. First things first, I think that wherever the answer gets to in this conversation, that skating development is undervalued and underappreciated, which again, if we're talking to goalie coaches who are listening to this, they they probably would agree um, largely, but at the end of the day, for a lot of us, there's a business piece tied into it. And a lot of parents yes. um, want to see their kids stopping pucks. So as always, I think there's a unique dynamic here that like stops this conversation from really 100% going into practice. Because I think a lot of coaches would be like, I would love to do that, but they'll go to someone else if I do. Yeah. But that being said is you can, I have this idea of a long-term development model that I'm putting together. So I don't want to talk about it right now because it's <laughs> proprietary. It's not, it's, it's, not it's, it's a hundred dollars a month to hear Jamie's thoughts. It's $10,000 a day. <laughs> no, I, I just haven't put it together in a, in a perfect way, but going to what you said with the parents, because that is a, an argument. So this is what was basically what I'd like is a development model that you present to a, a new parent that shows them like, Hey, this is the structure of how we're going to roughly plan out all of our training from the time your kid gets here to the time your kid gets to junior. And then after junior, we can do different things. Um, 
that but sorry what i was gonna say i got off track um you can disguise skating drills and shooting drills and you can keep that 75 percent 25 percent but you just lead up to the shot with a lot of skating and if they don't skate properly you can say do it again do it again and so that's that's the key and I don't, I think this lot came up to me because like, I, you know, I, I get a, sent a lot of things on Instagram. I actually really stopped scrolling uh, because it's overwhelming. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, good but for so any, most of the things I see that either I like or I don't like are other goalie coaches or goalies sending me things and asking my opinions. And actually great because then I can just see what, see things. Um, I see a lot of younger goal, like kids that just really can't skate. They're doing like drills that are outside of what they need. And I get like again social media, so I don't. I'm not seeing the whole overwhelming hour practice that they're doing. I'm right. just seeing bits and pieces. But even things like you have goalies that are four feet tall, and they're doing RVHs, mm-hmm. and they're doing all these skating patterns on the post, and they can't. They can't even shuffle post to post. Correct. So it's like what why why are you doing that and i get that there's pressure from parents but so you need as a in my opinion as a goalie coach when working with younger goalies you need to structure your practice sessions to have that 75 25 ratio that lead into that shot and really take advantage of that time when they're young to build their skating ability i think there's one thing there that you said out of all i mean you said a lot of great things there i think there's one thing there explicitly that i'd want to focus on that is important um, is that for the for the younger kids, your shooting drills are are skating drills with a shot. Like, don't confuse the two, right? Like a, sh- yeah. a puck drill for a little kid should be a skating drill with a shot. Yes. Um, I was doing some of that this week, where again, it was a lot of movements structured together that we framed to the kids as like a power play simulation, right? You have to teepish off your post. You have to shuffle like you're following someone walking the line. Now they've passed it back. So you're teepishing. And they're doing a lot of these like very basic movements that like follow a logical structure of, of what might happen in a power play. Uh, probably not in a power play for a nine-year-old though, objectively. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, imagine you have a junior level power play, but we're, we're putting that situation on a nine-year-old. But it just let us get, by the end of the time, they got they got two shots by this whole drill, but they got like two post exits, two T pushes through the crease, shuffling across the whole like the entire uh, perimeter of the crease. And by the end of that, it's like you've actually done a whole bunch of things to earn your you know gently shot glove save. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you just said right there is good. Is to, before I said let's say the point that you said the key word is as a goalie coach when you're talking to the kids. And talking to players, you have to reframe it in a way that makes sense. So simulating the power play is a good way to convince a kid like, hey, you know, how often does your team take a penalty? Oh, all the time. We take a lot of penalties. Okay, so but how much are you moving when you're in zone? Oh, like so much. Okay, so we're going to simulate that. And then you're going to have to make that big save at the end. You know, that, and so that's important because that kid will probably be like, oh, I don't want to skate. So if you explain it this way, you're like, he goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and same to the parents. Uh, who just want to see their kids who their eight-year-olds get shots from NHL guys because apparently that's we did yeah, that when so we were that, younger and we thought that was a good idea <laughs> when we were like 12 and like had junior A guys ripping on us. Yeah, pucks just going in everywhere. <laughs> but anyways, what I'm saying is uh, earn your shot. I think is a very yeah. good 
kind of key phrase for young kids. Um, so to really earn that shot in their skating ability. And so say you're doing a drill like a power play simulation or the pucks behind the net. So you start maybe an overlap on your feet, return to the post, post the post, step out, and then whatever, make your save. If that post to post isn't what you how you want it to be, make them do it again. Oh, you gotta earn your save, earn your save, and like that will because like after a couple of weeks, that T post to post is gonna start to look smooth. And I can't tell you how many young kids I get that can't they struggle post to post. They can it's shuffle it, they can shuffle everywhere else, but they just can't go post to post or their heads facing up ice. Or they T-push post to post. And like, are people just not teaching post to post anymore? We or are they just doing RVHs? So this is interesting. Um, and to give some people some context, uh, the company that I work with, we, behind the net, we always use this Windows approach. Jamie and I were talking about this before. Especially for the younger kids, we use a Windows approach uh, to playing things behind the net. So almost that you have like four stations in some ways as you move post to post. Uh the amount of people that we have come to us who are like, well, I te- I was taught to T-push post to post is through the roof right now, Jamie. What? Like through who? the roof. Who? We are we are getting people um, telling us that their goalie coaches, their like highly certified goalie coaches are teaching them T-pushing post to post. Um, which like, I got, I got bad news. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> what? But like, that's a great example, right? So like, Jamie, this is something that we talked about before and how in like a perfect world, there's this like level of standardization where like 80% of the content at a minimum is is like across the board supported by our best quality understanding of biomechanics and purposeful efforts and, and game states where like all this stuff is supported enough that we can justify the decisions that we make and that all goalie coaches should operate on this standard. Mm-hmm. Um but like we got we got people who are like highly qualified doing T pushes post to post. Where well, I think there's also like there's also there's actually like no qualification that you need like actual qualification <laughs> unless you're gonna work with like little teams. Like I don't know in the state in Canada, do you have to be like Hockey Canada certified? Because in the states, you technically have to have like USA Your hockey. USA hockey it's yeah. not it's not great, but you have to have that. But to be a goalie coach and open a school, you don't. You just need a loan. <laughs> uh, you don't um, even need one of those. And you, you don't even need buy ice. Those. Yeah, you just get ice. But <laughs> I think, like, should we just start a certification process? Well, I think, like, and so this is again largely where I was, and where I'm some of like I'm selfishly inspired to take my research is like if I had a clean slate and enough research funding, I'd love to look at the the overall state of what we agree on and disagree on skills training wise for goalies like there's studies like that that have been done in soccer goalies which is really interesting mm-hmm. um like they take like 15 professional and like junior professional goalie coaches in soccer and they're like all right let's talk about like what you value as skills and there's like a lot less overlap than you think would expect at the highest level which is problematic right but it's yeah. a little bit better in soccer because like soccer has like this german coaching framework where you have to like to be a qualified coach, you have to like go supervise with the team and like go do these certifications and go do this. And if you don't do this, you can't coach. Right? I was thinking about this the other day because I was getting upset at what I was seeing on the internet. <laughs> and not to saying that like I like that I'm some sort of high and mighty power, but there are some things that are objectively wrong. And there are other times where yeah, you can you can put your own flair on it. I get it. Um, in like weightlifting, 
Mm-hmm. In a lot of those former Soviet countries, if you want to be a coach, there are coaching degrees. And mm-hmm. you have to follow a education system set up mm-hmm. by usually by the government mm-hmm. in terms to become qualified. And there's a standardized process. And then once you graduate and you get you whatever your your master's of coaching or your bachelor's of coaching or whatever equivalent it would be, then you're allowed to add your own flair on top of it, but mm-hmm. only when everybody in that system, and I think specifically with like Latvian weightlifters, is their coaches are all in the same level of education and understanding. And then there will be different, there will be differences depending on, you know, the type of lifter you have or what your coach prefers or how they lifted. Right. But they had that solid understanding. And I was thinking like, there should be in like Hockey Canada and Hockey USA can do it, probably won't do it together, but can have their own separate programming where you have to go through like a certification thing and you have to be able to explain these basic bio, like biomechanical and physiological and exercise physiological things. Like how many goalie coaches do you know that just like bag their goalies on the ice because it's conditioning, but look, can, <sighs> explain energy systems to me, explain what energy systems you're using. Well, they don't know, but so like, and, and that's like, and that's not like, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, we're so high so, with, our so doctorate, smart, Jamie. with our doctorate level degrees and stuff, but like it, it is important and you can understand those things if you do, if you, re- you read and you are willing to invest in your own like education, not at a, mm-hmm. like a institution, but just like reading things and learning from others, but also how many people are actually doing that? I don't know because I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm on a different end of the spectrum. So it's. It's hard, but I, it sucks because you might be hindering goalie's development rather than helping it is what I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that ties back into like your original hot take, right? Where, I mean, to be honest, I think it's kind of a lukewarm take. Like, I think it's just reasonable that um, you should you should get people to learn this necessary skills prior to them. Um, I think the hot take part is having like a number on it. Yeah, that's fair. That's the whole um, take part. The, <laughs> it is pretty lukewarm now that I think about it. But I, I get some old kids that are 14, 15 years old that have been goalies for a long time that are some mm-hmm. bad skaters. Oh, yeah. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. And, and like, again, worse like, than I was at that age. And I was not a good skater. You, again, I, I always tell this story to people. But for those who don't know this, Jamie and I skated a lot when we were younger and teens and then there was one year and i'm a year younger than jamie and so i was always chasing him and then one year the gap just became uncatchable and i was like oh <laughs> you started goalie 10 like you started being a goalie way before me too so yeah, i had to catch I up yeah it was but it was again it was different catch-ups kind of things you were just yeah. like you're just better at stopping pucks than i was and that objectively is helpful as a goalie that was true your hips were definitely better than mine a mobile a piece of mobile art some are saying um but (laughs) to get back to kind of like as we wrap up here you think where this comes down to jamie's is yeah there's a lot to to like get people to to become like really again and i'll use the term to sub elite right because i think like a a lot of for for my goal for like a performance goal um for for my hockey players it's always i have three goals for all my goalies one i want you to have fun I want you to have a lot of fun when you're playing hockey. Two, I want you to keep playing hockey. I want you to play hockey into your 20s and into your 30s and into your 40s. Like, I want you to have a better hockey experience through your life than I had because I got burnt out by hockey a bunch of different times and have played, like, two games since I retired from from playing. That's two more than me. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so I want people to like keep playing for a long time. But then like my third thing, and so this is the big tip. My third one is like, if you want to be competitive, I want you to make it to like what I would call at least the sub elite level, which is like, I'd love for all my people to play junior hockey. Um, yeah. I think that'd be a great experience. Both our, our boys and our girls to go play junior hockey. And then whatever else happens after that, awesome. Do your thing. Go to college or university. You can go play pro, whatever that looks like. Um, but I think we need to look at goaltending that way is if your goal, you can make skating fun. You can make that process enjoyable. And if you can do that, if you can make skating fun and enjoyable and engaging, then you're already helping your people best get to that third goal of, of making it to a better level. Um, but I think it's a disservice if you're, if you're not even trying to do that. Right. So mm-hmm. I agree, Jamie. I think, I think we should get more. So, yeah. Well, thanks for watching everyone. Um, will this like, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, uh, reach out to us at resilient hockey on Instagram or our personal Instagram. We'd love to help you, whether it's, you know, rehab performance, goaltending, you know, we, I know we do talk, we, we tend to bias ourselves towards goalies, but we do work with all sorts of athletes, but appreciate you spending the time, listen to us rant and give our uh, hot takes, lukewarm takes. Lukewarm, for sure. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.